You are now listening to LFL Talk with Adri and Marcus. Hello, and welcome to this week 11 episode of LFL Talk. I'm your host, Adri Mallows. Unfortunately, my usual co-host... Marcus Henson is on holiday this week, but don't worry because I have found a more than suitable substitute for you. Please join me in welcoming LFL sideline reporter Desi Mitchison. Welcome back to the show, Desi. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Adri. I'm, I'm so excited you asked me to fill in for Marcus. Oh, yeah, it's my absolute pleasure. And um, he may think that I'm trying to uh, oust him of the show, but that's not the case. I just always like to get a great co-host. Uh, I don't know. It might be the case. Oh, really? Is that like a gauntlet you're throwing down already? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> oh, um, I think we're going to have a good, good conversation this week. Excellent. Well, join us after this short break for a recap of the Week 11 game between Chicago and New England. How does an athlete reach the pinnacle of the LFL? Performance training. Focus. Yet ever active. In their community. Film study. Practice. In superb condition. Leading a healthy lifestyle. I'm an LFL athlete. Are you... We come on now to the game between Chicago and New England. And joining us on the show to talk about the game is New England head coach Donnie Williams. Welcome to the show, coach. Yes, hey, how you doing? Very good, thank you. How's your day going? Going pretty good. Uh, I'm just in here at work right now. As this is your first time on the show, please could you advise our listeners a little about your coaching background and how you became involved in the LFL? I used to own a semi-pro football team, so I've been a semi-pro football coach, head coach. Done that for about eight or nine years. I also coached in the Women's Professional Football League, uh, the IWFL and the WFA. When the New England Liberty came around, uh, I heard about it. A coach that was coaching, a coach Beasley, he asked me to come down to help him out because we, we was coaching together uh, in the women's league. And I came down and helped him out, you know, with the intentions of just helping him out for a little while. And due to unforeseen circumstances, uh, next thing I know, I was the head coach. So it kind of fell into my lap just uh, helping out a good friend. Now, at the start of the season, you joined New England as an assistant coach, but you quickly became head coach. What has that transition been like for you? It's a strange dynamic because, like you say, I started out an assistant and, you know, once again, to get, to make sure things ran a little smoother and things like that, uh, I became the head coach. So the dynamic is, is kind of different than I've ever been involved with, but um, we're working through it. It's fun, and, and we're just going to see if we can keep it going and see if we get enough time to build this thing. It's hard building an expansion franchise, but we're having fun and, and we're dedicated to uh, building this program up and uh, making it a winner. Uh, I've won everywhere I've coached before and I plan on winning here if I get the chance to. And we all know to build a good franchise, you need to build that around a quarterback. And in New England, you have one of the most promising rookies in quarterback, Alex Drake. What's she been like to coach? Well, she's very coachable. And, and she's athletic, but just, you know, you, you're talking about one of the hardest positions on the field to play on 
any level of football. So she's going to have her growing pains, and we're going to have to just grow with her. We're going to have to grow with the great plays she made, and we're going to have to grow with the bad plays she made because that just comes with the territory. No one just walks off the street and is a great quarterback. So it's going to come in time. You know, you just got to be patient with her. You know, got to make sure we keep weapons around her, and she'll be fine. And the build-up to this game, did you change anything about the team's training routine knowing you were going up against the two-time Legend Cup champions in Chicago? We've had injuries, uh, and injuries are a part of football, so I, I don't use that as an excuse. We also had a couple of unforeseen uh, things happen to us this year with players quitting. We had a couple of uh, key defenders quit a week prior to the game that were both starters on defense. So, um... We had to make that adjustment, but I'm I'm a former military person. I spent 10 years in the military, so I believe in that next man up, or in this case, next woman up mentality. You know, you, you go to war with who you got, and so that's what we had to do, but you still got to be realistic about things, too. You know, we're, we're playing shorthanded just based off injuries, and then people just unforeseen people leaving the team for a different personal reason. We come on to the game now, and... Despite a good start, unfortunately, that the scoreboard seemed to spiral out of control. Is there any one thing you can put that down to? Or was it, as you mentioned there, just the difficulties with, with some of the players and personnel? Maybe a series into the game, we lose three of our top players. I mean, we lost one of our top wide receivers, Christian. Then our top defensive and offensive lineman, uh, Lulu Jackson. Then... um. Our cornerback, uh, Jessica Johnson, she got hurt a couple of plays, you know, later. Matter of fact, she got hurt on the second drive, even though it only lasted one play, so it wouldn't have been a drive. It ain't much of a drive, but she got hurt right after we scored that touchdown. Then she she got hurt on a play because she gave up a touchdown. She sprung her ankle. Then a few plays later, Danielle Green, she got a concussion. So when you're only coming into the game with 12 players right off the bat, and then four of them go down real quick. And now you're down to eight players. It, it makes it kind of difficult. So like I said, I don't believe in using injuries as an excuse. But in some instances, it does play a part. And that played a part because then we had no substitute. And, you know, and, and they just took advantage of it. And, and that's how it is, you know. I mean, you know, I, I didn't get upset about the coach running up the score. He got he got every right to run any kind of play he wants to run. I'm not going to ask the coach to sit on the lead or anything like that. You know, play your players the way you want to play them. I and, you know, he kept attacking a vulnerable squad at the time. And, and that's how I go. That's, that's, that's football. Definitely. What other lessons can you learn from the game to take into your final game of the season against Atlanta? Like I said, this is an expansion team. We had about 40 girls trial. I know some other places had four and 500, I've heard. You know, hundreds of people tried out. We had 40 uh, young ladies that tried out. And all that, you know, we picked who we thought was the best players. And uh, going into the season, I wanted to just see us get better every week. But getting better doesn't always translate into wins. As long as you're playing better and doing little things better, you can build off those things. So so going into this Atlanta game, you know, we're going to go back to the drawing board. We, as coaches, we're going to continue to work as hard as we always work. And we're going to work with the players that we got out there and just try to uh, comport ourselves and, and do the best that we can. And we'll let the um, outcome be what it is. But we're going to continue to work hard. We're not going to quit. But you'll be pleased to know, Coach, that's the tough questions over with. But... 
To finish the interview, we would like to ask you some quick-fire questions, if that's okay. That's fine. Which NFL coach do you look up to the most? None of the current ones. Well, I'm, uh, my favorite coach is Tom Landry. Which of your players is the hardest to coach? Um, I think the de- defensive backs, uh, because that's just a hard position to play. And we had some players there that had never played it before. So it's not so much the, the individual, it's just the position. Can you describe your perfect day off? My perfect day off is sitting around the house watching the Dallas Cowboys win a football game. I'm a big, huge Dallas Cowboy fan, and whenever they win, it makes my day. <laughs> if you could eliminate one thing from your daily schedule, what would it be and why? <laughs> Work. Hell, if I could hit the lottery, I wouldn't be on the phone with you. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's it. Uh, I, I enjoy my life. If you were to write a book about your first season, what would the title be? Live and learn. What's the one thing you can't live without? Fried chicken. I'm from the South and I love fried chicken. And I know that might be stereotypical and I don't give a damn. I love it. Well, sadly, that's the end of the interview, Coach. But Before we let you go, we would like to give you the mic for a 10-second shout-out. It can be to thank fans, friends, or even if you want to talk smack to your next opponents, you have the mic. Well, I just want to say, no, I don't want to talk smack to my next opponent because I believe that uh, you should let your pads do the talking. But I will just say that, you know what, I'm I'm happy with being in LFL. You know, it's a great experience. I love coaching football. You know, I love things that's off the field about football, the, the camaraderie, the people that I've met, the, the ladies that I coach, they are some great ladies, and they want to learn, and they want to learn, and they want to get better. And like I said, I've been a part of championship teams before. I've been a part of winning teams before. and, and all that. But this is a challenge. And, and, uh, and I've accepted this challenge, and I want to see this challenge through. That's how I view this. You, you know, I mean, life is hard enough. You know, this is a game. And, uh, and we should have a good time when we play in this game. I totally agree. And I want to thank my uh, family uh, for the support, too, because, you know, a lot of times, especially uh, when you're coaching in this league, you get so many... Um, negative comments and people talking trash about you but you know i i talk this over with my family and my family supports me and that helped me get through this also because when you got family behind you it doesn't matter what the rest of the world says and i want to thank you for coming on the show today coach it's been a real pleasure okay then and take care of both of y'all bye-bye the world's fastest growing sport arrives to youtube Legends Football League. Break their confidence. Keep breaking their confidence. They've got nothing. They want to brawl. They don't want to play football. Intensity. Beauty. Subscribe to this channel and gain access into locker rooms. Inside the huddle. Get to know your favorite players. The one thing I want to do is just make everyone happy. Give 100%. Games in high definition. Subscribe and never miss out on LFL action. It's time now to look ahead to this week's upcoming game between Chicago and Omaha. Okay, my partner, what are your keys to the game? Well, when playing against Chicago, I think the first thing is always to stop the run. Although in trying to do that, Omaha may need to be careful because if they overcommit, I can see Jacinda Barkley having a big game and she can tear their secondary apart with her arm. For Chicago, 
it's always play that basic Chicago football, be physical on the line and get after the opposing QB. What about yourself? Well, I think it's definitely going to be an interesting game. I mean, they're both one and one. So they're both trying to win their last game. Chicago might have the advantage. I mean, they just dominated the other game against New England, but Omaha's last game wasn't so hot and they scored nada. So we'll see. Plus, Chicago's going to be on their own field. So I think they're going to be excited to play in front of their fans. And do you think that's going to make a big difference as well, playing on the grass instead of in the arena? I feel like Chicago, no. But for Omaha, it's brand new. So who knows? Hopefully they've been training differently. Joining us on the show now to talk about this week's upcoming game is linebacker for the Omaha Heart herself, Shaylin Durham. Welcome to the show, Shay. Hi, guys. As this is your first time on LFL Talk, could you advise our listeners a little bit about your background and who or what inspired you to start playing in the league? Oh, definitely. I've got a pretty solid background in sports. I grew up, I played soccer for 15 years. I did two seasons at Bellevue University and two at Northwest Missouri State while I was in college. Um, and prior to that, I had got a background in track and in competitive weightlifting. I actually own a Nebraska state title for competitive weightlifting. And so I've always been about sports and I've always loved being on teams and participating. About three years ago, I had a teammate who I played with at Bellevue. She was on the team. I'd always joked with her and I never took it very seriously. And after I finished my college career, she kind of talked me into coming out. And I got laid out at my first practice by an old teammate and I just fell in love with the sport and I've played it ever since. Well, I have to ask there firstly, which former teammate was it that laid you out? Well, I was invited to the team by Morgan Anderson and I got completely laid out by Kelsey Lane in one of our one of my first practices. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I just, I loved it after that. Now, this is your second season with Omaha and you have a new set of coaches. How would you say they are different to Coach Allen? different field the attitude is a lot better they've got a lot more passion and knowledge they've brought, he, uh, I think the biggest thing that Tony has done as a coach is brought in more knowledgeable assistants uh, we had always struggled with assistant coaches in Omaha before not getting the right ones in or them having to leave for personal reasons and such so when this season he brought in a lot of assistants that were knowledgeable and, a, and an arsenal and we actually got to learn the fundamentals because it wasn't just one man trying to teach 20 girls 20 different things. We, they were, there's multiple people there that can break it down and work on specifics, and it's really helped me fundamentally grow as a player. Besides the coaching, is there anything that you personally are doing training-wise that you're doing in your second season of playing for the league? Yeah, definitely. After we had such a disappointing season last year and everything, and I know I wasn't in my best physical shape, about October, I really got back into training hard. I I took a couple months off to let some injuries that I had picked up through last season heal themselves and whatnot. And then I recommitted myself and got back into training. And now I train about five days a week for a while. I'll even do six. Uh, Right now I like to do two days. I run in the morning and I lift weights in the afternoon, just trying to stay committed, get my diet right. Uh, I've watched countless hours of LFL film every game even teams that we don't play I watch every game that comes out with the other conference and because with football you can never stop learning 
We come on now to this season and Omaha are one and one. Would you say the team is ready to compete with Chicago and Atlanta for a playoff spot? Definitely. Yes, our last game was disappointing, but we we showed in our first game that there is the potential there and that we can do it. Unfortunately, our biggest problem and we got to like we ourselves have to come in with the right mentality and the mind right. Uh, we need to forget that Atlanta happened and focus on Chicago because if we can beat Chicago, I think we can definitely secure our spot in the playoffs. Now you'll be playing outside in Chicago weather. With that in mind, does it change the team's preparation at all? A little bit. We focus a lot on trying to get out on grass and get used to the grass field because my, if memory serves me right, Chicago does have a grass field and it's a nice grass field, but mm-hmm. it changes the the rate of play and the movements just a little bit. So we've been doing that, um, getting prepared to for whatever weather might be presented in Chicago. When we played there last year, it was miserably cold. It was about 40 degrees. So we just are being prepared that that could happen again. I don't believe it's going to being this late into the summer, but you never know what happens in Chicago. It could storm right in the middle of the game. What does Omaha need to do to get that much-needed win against Chicago? Um, There's things that we need to do on both sides. I would say offensively, it's going to start with our line. We struggled with our line in Atlanta, kind of getting knocked around a bit. So securing our line and giving our quarterback opportunities to make plays happen. If we're not holding the rush, then there's no way that we can be productive. Our quarterback has to get time to make decisions, has to get time to get the ball to the players. And that'll be the big key there, as well as, you know, not making silly mistakes. Fumbles can't happen. Interceptions can't happen. As far as the defensive side goes, we need to have more stops and not letting them complete major third and fourth downs as Atlanta did several times. We were close to stopping them, but then they were able to pull through and, and not do that and just be physical and not let one or two bad plays sour the whole game for us because I feel like that kind of happened with some players as they started getting into their own head and they shut down. And that's just something we've been working on the last few weeks. Well, now that the hard questions are over, but we would like to <laughs> some fun, quick fire questions, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Okay. How do you decide what to have as your game day war paint? <laughs> that's actually a process. I spend a lot of time looking at different things and coming up with different stuff uh, just because I, I like to do something different to every game, you know, put my personality out there and my fans really enjoy it and love it. And they, you know, they always ask me what I'm going to do next. So I have a lineup and and I have a teammate who helps me with the paint, so we kind of sit down day of the game and talk about what we can do. <laughs> it's worked out pretty well so far. <laughs> now, what's your favorite football memory? Oh, gosh, that's a tough one. Um, I would have to say it would be last year when I actually missed the plane going to Atlanta <laughs> and spent all morning to find a fly in about 15 phone calls to get me and coach Dante who had actually missed one missed the same plane as well on there to be to Atlanta it was the most hectic day and we we popped off the the plane and ran straight to the field I I took my uh, practice punch in the locker room in the shower because oh. we had no time and and just that kind of hecticness it just kind of, it describes my life footy and with football and we made it there and it's just something we still joke about to this day because I'm always late for everything I'm sure it's funny now but at the time that was the last thing that was funny oh yeah no it was terrifying I was like I was panicked all day I actually couldn't relax until it was game time I felt more relaxed once I was on the field playing than I did trying to get there 
Oh, who is your biggest influence? Oh, that would definitely have to be my grandmother. She's probably the strongest woman I've ever met. She has helped raise me a lot and has helped me a lot since I became an adult. And she's just strong. She's always been a number one fan since I got into this sport. Uh, she has pushed me to be better and she loves it. She is always out there every home game in the stands yelling. She watches game film with me. And she just really pushes me to be a better player, better captain, and just set the right example for some of the other younger generation we have in the family. If you were stranded on a desert island, which teammate would you want with you? <laughs> I would have to say, oh, that's a tough one. I can only have one. I would probably say Steph Bear. We became good friends last season. She hasn't been around much this season because she's had uh, – personal commitments but she's an absolute riot we really clicked last year and all i would have to expect would be good times being stranded on the island she is a character to say the least if you could be a superhero for a day which one would you be oh wonder woman all the way oh yeah good choice yes <laughs> good choice yeah i gotta be a, I gotta be a strong woman for sure. What is your favorite quote or motto to live by? If I had to pick one, it would just be simple. simple you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I've had to make some tough decisions in my life, personally and in sports, and a lot of scary ones. And I'm just kind of thankful that I did. I mean, whether it be moving away to college or now joining the LFL, I mean, that's a scary thing to kind of throw yourself into. But if I wouldn't have done it, I couldn't imagine how my life would be currently. Definitely. Well, that's the end of the interview, Shay. But before we let you go, we want to give you the mic for 10 seconds to shout out to your fans, friends, family, or if you want to talk smack on your next opponent, you have the mic. <laughs> yeah, no, I just want to give a shout out to all the girls on the Omaha Heart team. My sisters, we work every day. We got practice four days a week. I miss seeing them on the other three days. Uh, shout out to my family for being there to support me. And of course, my fans, they are awesome. And they give me the power and the courage to keep doing what I'm going to do. And I can't wait for my years to come in the LFL with them. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Shay. It's been a real pleasure. Awesome. Thank you so much. LFL Mobile, giving you access to the gridiron goddesses of the LFL with exclusive photos, videos, live game reporting, and fan promotions. LFL Mobile, download on your Android or iPhone. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, Spanhead Productions, dot weebly.com that's spamheadproductions.weebly.com we come on now to the final part of our show which of course means it's predictions time desi i'm gonna let you go first as you're in place of marcus this week oh dun 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 <laughs> um so as much as i love omaha i think I'm going to have to go with Chicago, and I'm going to say 46 to 12. That's a that's a good score. I think that's kind of keeping it reasonably even then, although it seems like a big margin. 46-12, I think, is a respectable score for Omaha. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, give them the benefit of the doubt, but you never know. Yeah, at least you've done that. You see, with my prediction, unfortunately, I 
don't think they're going to like me very much because <laughs> I've gone with Chicago 60. Okay. Omaha 6. Oh. So I don't think I'm going to be able to go to Omaha or New England now after my last two predictions. No Omaha stakes for you. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a shame. <laughs> well, sadly, that is it for another week. I would like to thank our guests, Coach Williams and Shailen Durham. I would also like to thank the amazing Desi for standing in for Marcus. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. I would also like to thank our producer, Mark Taylor from Spamhead Productions. Remember to stay tuned to LFL360.com for all of the latest news and articles from around the league. And if you want to check out our past shows or player interviews, then go to LFLtalk.com. And until next time, football fans, stay safe, take care, and thanks for stopping by. Bye.